This episode of My Business Playbook is proudly brought to you by Closters Newcastle. If you're in the market for a new car and you're based on the east coast of New South Wales, then look no further than Closters. These guys have it all. I want to give them a huge shout out because I am now officially part of the Closters family. And let me tell you, I love it. I mean, I think we're going to get jackets. I'm pretty sure that is, you know, on the agenda for us. Now, if you want to learn more, if you're in the market for a new car, then head on over to clusters.com.au. All right, let's dive in to the episode. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. I hope that you're having a wonderful week wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You are in for a real treat today because we are joined by Brooke Mikowski, of Brooke Art Studio. Brooke is a photographer and graphic designer based in Melbourne, Victoria, and also in Newcastle. She's kind of, as you'll learn once you tune into this podcast, she's kind of from all over. She she travels around a bunch. She is the ultimate creative, and I'm really glad to have her on this show. If you are a creative and you have ever felt like you haven't known what to charge for your services, you've felt stuck in a career that you don't like, or you've found it hard to be authentic and to actually build a business around you and your personality and your strengths, then you're going to love this conversation. Brooke is super real. She is my fellow Enneagram 4 lady. Uh, Shout out to anyone who likes the Enneagram. I'm a four. And I mean, I don't know. You can let me know what you think. Uh, And if you are an Enneagram follow-up, please message me and let me know which Enneagram you are because I love talking about that stuff. Anyway, I don't know when I first met Brooke, but I remember we met. (laughs) I'd seen her work. I actually don't know if we'd even met in person, but I'd seen her work and I was working with a client and was like, hey, you should come shoot this because I feel like you're going to do a really great job. And so I just thought that was really normal. And I was like, great, I'm going to connect you with the client. Then, you know, you're going to do the shoot. It's going to be awesome. And then like months and months later, Brooke then, I think I'd I'd connected her with another person that I was working with and was like, yep, you need Brooke to shoot your content for you. And Brooke was like, do you know that like the first time you connected me with that client, that was my first ever like business project, (laughs) like commercial project. And I was like, oh, what? Like, I I didn't know that. And so I was like, come on, we should have like celebrated this. This is awesome. Anyway, since then, Brooke and I, every time we speak, we're like, man, we need to talk more. Like it's it's a glorious time whenever we chat. So you're kind of getting, uh, I, guess, I guess, an inside look at one of our conversations and we just so happen to hit record. Anyway, let's dive into my conversation with the wonderful Brooke Mikowski of Brooke Art Studio. Well, Brooke, it is so good to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been a long time coming. I've wanted you on the show for so long, so I'm really glad to be sitting down with you and chatting about your business. How are you today? <laughs> oh, well, I'm really happy that I'm here. I'm 
way better for seeing your beautiful face, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am really looking forward to this conversation. So we're going to be talking about how you've built your creative business and I know that you have a lot to share. I know that your journey is really interesting and and I really want to unpack because you're you're kind of a teacher by trade, right? You're an art teacher and how did that kind of how did it come about that you then left teaching to pursue your business? Yes. So I'm a teacher by trade, art teacher as you said. Um, and I was an art teacher because I thought it was the way that I could align some of my values. So one of them was people and service. And then the other one was creativity and art. And so I felt like, oh, teaching ties those in really well together. But I didn't realize that one of my values was being an introvert. <laughs> And talking all day (laughs) was really challenging. And um, there's a a few other things that I found really, really uh, difficult about teaching. And so even like two years into my teaching degree, I was like, I actually don't vibe this. I was feeling a little bit uneasy about it, but I was like, well, it's a good back backup degree to have. You can always do casual, which pays well, like, and it will still be fun. So pursued with teaching. And then I did three years of full-time teaching in Australia as a primary art teacher. So I had like 450 kids a week come into my classroom and I taught them art. Yeah. It was really intense because I was high school trained and then, you know, I got like 25 five-year-olds on my first day teaching and I did (laughs) finger painting with them. The first day they're like, so not even, they don't even know what school is. And I'm like, everyone, let's, let's have maths painting happening in this 40 minute block. It was wild. So I learned a lot. Um, and I, I can look back and really enjoy that season. Then we moved to China and I taught high school art in China to, um, Chinese boarding school kids at a Canadian curriculum school. And so part of while I was doing all of this teaching, feeling really uneasy about just being in the classroom constantly, like a lot of my energy was just being poured out. I'd get home and I'd be absolutely dead, just like (laughs) try and make it to the next day. When I was teaching as well, like I'd I'd wake up and I'd just want to cry like (laughs) It was, and and everyone was saying to me, it's the best job. You're so lucky. No one gets jobs like this. You've got the best job. And I was like, I've got the best job. Like, why am I struggling so much? Am I just like really like lacking resilience or something? So anyway, I'm kind of starting with all of these different parts of the story, but they're all going to come in together, I promise you. <laughs> so while I was teaching, um, as an art teacher, I definitely believe like practice what you preach. And so I was always on the side doing my own creative projects. And then people started seeing that I was doing these creative projects and they started being interested. So I started with like hand lettering and, um, you know, you know, wedding boards, how you have the hand-lettered names and hand-lettered invitations and name cards. Like I started just doing that for all my friends during their wedding seasons. You know, like I feel like everyone got married at the same time. So then I just became yes. the hand-lettering 
go-to girl. Um, and then I was like, oh, maybe I could do this as like side business. Went to China. I started doing a lot of that because I had a lot of downtime in China. Um, and then by the end of my year in China, a lot of things had happened. Like, you know, you can't just live in Australia and then move to China and things not like change in your perspective. <laughs> your perspective changes a yes. lot. I think it was, <laughs> it was first year married. So I was like, what is marriage? <laughs> Who am I? Like I was just having major identity crisis because there's just so many things that yeah. I thought were all connected in that. So massive identity crisis in China. And then I just kept going back into creativity, back into art. And that's kind of how I was exploring my expression. That was how I was figuring things out. I started writing poetry and I have some very dark, sad poems from that season of my life. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so hand lettering moved into poetry and then I was traveling. So then I was taking more photos and then I was putting the hand lettered poems onto photos. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I was exploring at that time. Then we moved to Bali and I thought, okay, well, I'm not teaching anymore. I'm going to, we're just going to do an overseas year and see what happens. Um, so I was like, well, I can design, you know, I know I've done a graphic design minor. I can do design. You can do that from anywhere. You can freelance. People know me as like hand lettering. So maybe I could move into logos. So then I started moving into logos and branding while I was in Bali. I um, had a friend from Canada come over and he's just like, you know, you've been taking photos. You've actually got an eye for this. You can trade for your service for like accommodation or for food. Like it's really easy to do. You could definitely do it. And so he helped me. He set up an email um, and he was with us. So he did video and I did photo and we just like went <laughs> all out and we got this like pimp as place in the middle of Lombok, Bali. Um, and Amazing. it had like spas and pools and like it was tiered on this mountainside and they had like amazing like buffet breakfast and yeah. And we got it like a whole week for free just to give them photos <laughs> and him a video. And I was like, what is this craziness? Then from there, I got my first gig, like taking photos at a cafe um, in Lombok and I traded them photos for food. So every day we'd just eat at the cafe and then I'd take photos of our meals and then I'd give them the photos and then that was the deal. And yes. I was like, what is <laughs> going on? This is so crazy. So then that's kind of how I started taking photos and started getting into photography. So we like traveled Europe and Africa and Bali for like, um, it ended up being two years and we did pretty much all of it except for like the travel expenses of getting to the different places for free. Like <laughs> we stayed in spa museums wow. in Florence we stay, we went on oh like sail Croatia. We went sail Turkey. We went hot air ballooning in Cappadocia. We, um, what wow. else did we do? We got in Stantorini, um, London. We had like two weeks in London free accommodation. 
um, just from giving people photos. So, yeah, like it was insane. We even went to Africa on like a two-month safari. (laughs) What? That's incredible. So fast forward to today and and so – yeah. What I love about your journey, Brooke, is that you've just kind of followed your instinct and you knew that something wasn't uh, feeling right in your gut when you were teaching and something about it was draining you or something about it you felt mm. like, oh, this should be my dream gig, but it's not. And and I love mm. that you had the courage to go, okay, even if people think I'm crazy or even if people think, oh, what? she's like leaving her dream job to go and pursue this thing that she has no idea if it's going to work. And I love that you've had the courage to do that. So fast forward to today, because I know that your business has grown, it has evolved, it has changed. What does current day business look like? What what are you focusing in on now? So at the moment I do photography predominantly. Um, I do families, newborn, maternity and weddings. Um, I also do small business shoots, branding shoots, honestly do a lot of different styles of photography and that kind of shocks people I think but I really love creativity and I love the creative process and I love drawing inspiration from all different things. Like I think if I was only to be a wedding photographer, I would find that really monotonous and I wouldn't actually feel really inspired and then I wouldn't be bringing my best work. So having like a smaller Mm. amount of weddings compared to a normal full-time photographer um, who just focuses on weddings, like that actually serves me and I think it serves my clients way better as well because I'm like really excited about the 10 weddings that I do a year well, I try and not have any more than 15, but yeah, yeah, I've booked like, I think 17 this year. So we'll see how that goes, but I (laughs) love just having, yeah, like just, I'm really, really excited about the weddings that I book. And I really, I think a lot about them. I put a lot of intention and creativity into those. Um, And same with like all the different kinds of sessions that I do because they're so yeah, there's such a variety. Like I really pull from different areas all the time, like to to make it really fun and exciting and engaging for me. Um, and then I also do branding. So uh, like logos and kind of like the face of people people's businesses. So yeah, yeah logos, fonts, colors, the whole brand kit vibe. <laughs> I love it. And it's such a nice, like you doing the photography and branding is a really nice combination because the two are such a huge part of your online presence and having really great visuals and having a really strong brand. That's like kind of first port of call when it comes to promoting yourself and marketing yourself and and growing your business as well. So in your journey, of evolving and you know how many how many years in are you now so this is like officially like before when I was traveling I I feel like I was kind of slowly doing something with my business but it wasn't under like Brook Art Studio branding even though this name evolved from like when I was teaching I've had Brook Art Studio for so long oh you just got to embrace the name you were given I guess (laughs) 
that I gave myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably rebrand my name if I if I could do it again. Um, but yeah, so I've been full time in Australia for the last two years. So with like an actual yeah. legitimate business. And before that, it was yes. kind of like, oh, I'm in Australia for like a month. I'll get some random jobs and then I'll be overseas and then I'll just like yeah. travel. And that was kind of the goal. Um, so, yeah, I would say two years full time. And then probably like since China, that's been like a five year journey to to eventually yeah. get to this. Point. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that time throughout your journey, what I love asking people, because I know that, you know, there are a bunch of things that we get right, but there are also a, a number of things that we get wrong in the journey as well. And and I call them missteps because I think I, I kind of think that everything we get wrong or any moments where we stuff up and we're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Why did I take on that project? Or why did I charge that much? Or why did I respond to a complaint in that way or something like that. We have these yeah. missteps, but they actually lead us to where we are now. And so all of them are mm. things that we can learn from. What do you think have been some of the most significant moments where you have thought, I, I need to learn from this? Have there been any moments along the way where you're like, I'm never going to do that again? Yes. Yes. The, the, the big kind of overall misstep that I had initially was like I had a lot of shame around my gift because I was so focused focused on mm. like wanting to change the world. I had like, you know, I worked for Greenpeace when I was younger. I was like kind of advocate Brooke and I really yeah. wanted to help people and I really wanted to serve. So I had heaps of shame because I also loved making things beautiful and I saw everything through this like kind of artful lens and I was like, well, yes. that's not going to help anyone. And so that shame really held me in a holding pattern um, for, a, for a really long time and it wasn't until I was in Bali and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to abandon all my thoughts about this and I'm just going to try it. I'm not going to judge myself for just wanting to make things beautiful and we'll just see what happens. And I'm so glad that that was the way that it happened because I realized how small I was seeing the gift that I was given. Like it really can heal people. And I've had, you know, people who have got their albums back and they've just cried because of the way that I've been able to show them themselves. Um, Wow. you know, in like, and yes. it's really healed them. And I'm like, wow, like I've, I could have robbed this person or I, you know, I could have robbed myself of this experience if I had shamed myself out of instead of, and not lent into this gift. So it's actually been like that mind shift um, from shame into, yeah, like fully embracing that. Yeah. I love aesthetic and I love making things beautiful. That there's actually such a beautiful healing power in that, that I totally didn't know. And yeah, so I think wow. judging myself a lot was like a massive misstep. Also boundaries, like I was so bad with boundaries and and that's the <laughs> thing I love about business really. The things that you're not that great at, 
in your normal everyday life, they really are highlighted in your business. Yes. So once you can yes. nail them, yeah, once you can nail them in your business, um, in your life, it, they, it just becomes natural in your business. And then you're like, oh, this thing I keep struggling with, I don't struggle with anymore. And that like, I love that personal growth aspect. Um, so boundaries yeah. has been like, the word for my last few years because, you know, a client would initially say, hey, um, you know, I need this amount of photos in like one week. Can you do it? And I'll just be like, yes, I could do it. (laughs) And then I'll be dying, (laughs) not giving my best creative energy because, you know, staying up all night working for this client that last minute came at me and said, can you do it? I just said, yes. Yeah. Like I should have Mm. said, and this is what I say now, hey, thank you so much for inquiring. I am booked until this point. If you want to continue with, you know, this, then we can look at something after this period and this is how long it'll take for me to do it. And like that kind of communication, I just didn't have. But at the same time, I feel like that's something that you just learn on the go. Like you, you learn what your boundaries are and you learn when you're not when you're not taking care of yourself and like creativity is such a number one thing for me. So when I see when I'm not valuing my creativity, what that does to my creativity, I'm like, Oh, alert, like stop. Like your creativity is really being damaged in this process. And like, yeah. yeah. So I feel like um, a lot of people are like, you got to know your worth and then you've got to, you know, do the thing according to your worth and value. And I'm like, I didn't know my worth. How, what do you do when you don't know your worth? Yes, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brooke. I always, I'm always like, no, you need to assign yourself worth to begin with. And mm. also I, I, I take issue with the know your worth, you know, charge your worth kind of thing because I'm like, well, hey, like it's if you put your entire identity into what you charge and into a service or a product that you have, it's problematic because then if someone says, oh, you're, it's not worth that much, then you take it as a yeah. personal, I'm yes. not worth that much. When it's actually yes. like, no, what is the service or the product that, you are, that you're bringing? What is that worth? Yeah. Also like one rand, like you could, you could sell a pencil for $2,000. That pencil is not worth $2,000. But like the brand identity and all of that kind of thing make that thing worth whatever. So like I feel like knowing what you're worth, that's such a random thing to focus on because you could tell someone you're worth like $20,000 and people will pay that. Or you could tell them you're worth $1,000 and people could pay that. Like it's so, it's just so like whatever you want to do with that. I don't know. It's, it's, It's not a very objective foundational phrase to um to really build anything on like know your worth and then charge your worth it's like it's not really helpful it's not helpful no it doesn't help because it's like well when you're starting you're worthy like you know you have no idea what your worth in the market is I think it's a really I've yeah I find Mm. it really frustrating when people kind of say that and it's like well you actually have to, not that you have to earn your stripes, but you have to be able to demonstrate value. And I think, I think there is, 
Yeah. And so I think if for you, you're providing beautiful branding and beautiful images that tell a story and that are emotive and capture moments. And I think that is worth something. You can, you can assign mm-hmm. a worth to that, a value to that. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get so frustrated when people just go, oh, you just need to know, know what you're worth. It's like inherently we should mm-hmm. know it rather than doing the work yeah. to demonstrate it and then assign it and then hold to it. I think holding to mm-hmm. it is super important as well. Mm. And like that's part of the transformation as well. Like, you know, what I was like, okay, so Conrad, my husband, he said to me like, you know, a year into travel, you should do weddings because you're actually really good at like capturing emotion. You you have a creative artful yes. eye. And he's like, you should do that. And I was like, hell no, I'm never shooting a wedding. Like there's so much <laughs> pressure in that. Like I was just like, no, 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 no. But then, um, and this is kind of like how my journey has just been. I I got this like most like serendipitous situation where a wedding basically fell in my lap in Italy, in the small town where um, I nannied for a ho- like, and so my host family lived nearby. My host family mom in Italy dropped me off to my first wedding, and then picked me up <laughs> afterwards. Like. No one, no one ever goes to this town, let alone has a wedding in this town, let alone asks me if I can shoot this wedding with no weddings experience under my belt. I was like, there's just too many things to say no. Like it's just saying like, this is for you. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Then I was like, okay, that wasn't actually that bad. I actually really enjoyed that. So I'm going to start charging. And I, you know, I was like, I have no experience. I'm going to just charge like, you know, the base level. Now I'm charging like I would say mid to mid level. And yeah, that's like thousands of dollars difference. And I yeah. like I had to grow to see that that was what my worth was or like and I, I don't even want to say my worth. It's like things change over time and that's all part of the growth process and the journey and the transformation. And, and like, I would never want to start out charging what I am now. Like, that's just not how it works. You don't, you don't do that. Like you, that's, it's, that's part of the journey, right? You just progression. Mm. Yeah. You observe, you reflect, you learn, you integrate the change. And I think like having enough space to observe, reflect, learn, yet process and then integrate. Like that is such a beautiful process that needs time and space and energy. So that's partly why I also don't want to have so much going on because then your ability to learn, observe, reflect, there's no time for that. You're just like, okay, next thing, next thing, next thing. Totally. I totally get that. My next question for you, you touched on something earlier of like, Oh, you, the way you said it was really beautiful. You said something around when I don't value my creativity, my creativity actually suffers. When I don't have boundaries for the creativity, it actually uh, diminishes your creative headspace, I guess. And mm. I kind of think for you and for so many people listening, your creativity is your currency. It's like how you it, – it's what you're trading. You're trading people – 
something creative, a creative outcome or a creative product or service. And so I'm curious, like, how do you, in all of the busyness, I know like you have so much work going on and and you've been in this really big growth season. How do you hold space for your creativity or recharge or kind of put boundaries around that so that you aren't Mm -hmm. kind of sapping all of the energy out of what you're doing? Yes. Well, obviously like this is a challenging season for everyone. I think post COVID, a lot of creatives have been just like sitting around twiddling their thumbs and now all that work has built up and they're doing all the things and they're just, you know, doing their best to be able to complete the work that has been a two-year process. So I think right now it's like an, a particularly challenging time to give you, t- to recharge your creativity in a really intentional way. But for me, like I love space, like space is a massive theme for me. Um, Head space, like aesthetic, like clean space, um, space like in nature. Like I love going to the beach and just seeing the horizon line, like and the space there, like all of that is so important to recharge I think nature is a massive one for me like I really feel like when I'm shooting and this is why I love shooting in nature as well because you know before when I was teaching it'd be like fill your cup up pour your cup out fill your cup up pour your cup out like that's kind of how the rhythm of the day was but when I'm shooting in nature I really feel like nature and I are kind of like on the same team and we're trying to co-create together and so I'm like being so inspired by nature as it's like in the landscape I'm like oh my gosh the light is hitting that right there so perfectly and I'm like seeing how beautiful it is and it's recharging me and at the same time I'm pouring out um, to do the shoot and like sharing my creativity and and givings but it's such a reciprocal process now because like I'm yes me yep. and nature are teammates and we're co-creators and I love that so I find like when I'm shooting in nature it's actually really regenerative for my creativity um slowing down not expecting perfection is a massive one for my creativity like your creativity is like the most fragile sweet little thing and it just needs encouragement it needs growth mindset (laughs) it needs to be like let's just play let's just like see what happens like there's no pressure whereas if I go to a session and they've like specifically said a list of things that they want or like I'd feel the pressure of that and then I'm way more like okay I'm just going to get your list and I'm not actually going to play or engage as much um so yeah even just the language that I use with my creativity helps me recharge it like instead of like we have to get this done and we're doing xyz it's like let's just go out to this open field and play and see what happens um you know like just as if I was talking to like a little kid that's never done something before it's like we're just gonna see what happens it's gonna be really fun and then that is kind of the language as well that I try and share with my couples or the people that I'm working with because they've never been a part of a session generally before and they don't know how to show up authentically because your creativity and your authenticity is so connected and it's actually really vulnerable. 
Like when you're yes. truly engaging your creativity, it's really vulnerable because you're like, this is like really connected to my personal expression. Um, and then they're feeling really vulnerable because, you know, this is the family. This is the dynamic of the family that's being captured. And like if a kid's going off or, you know, a parent's feeling anxious, that is all kind of heightened in front of the camera. And so it's this really vulnerable place. And that's, you know, creativity thrives in vulnerability. Um, but it just means you have to be extra safe and extra caring and extra nurturing, you know, with the way you show yeah. up and your yeah. language. And yeah. That is such a beautiful way of thinking about it. And I think I love that you have articulated what you need as a creative and how you can best serve people and you've embedded that into the way that you do business because I think for a lot of us we can think well this is how photographers do things or designers or service providers or professional services this is how it must be done and I kind of feel like gone are the days where we have to do it one way Mm. you know I think COVID kind of threw everything on its head. It's like, hey, like for us, we we got rid of our office. We were like, we don't need it. <laughs> and so it's like this thing of we don't, I think sometimes we think we need to do all these things. We think we need to yeah. offer particular services or have an office or have whatever it is. And I think sometimes we we put this pressure on it has to look this way because that's how everyone else looks. But actually, I think if we can follow our own instincts on things and, as you said, that like observe and and take the time to refine as you go and have space to do that. Because if mm. we are full up to the brim with back-to-back, you know, client meetings or sales calls or mm-hmm. we're spending loads of time doing marketing and all of these things that are good things – but if we don't take care of ourselves uh, and actually really go, okay, what do I need? Even mm. if there are deadlines and yes, we have to do all those things and you know, sometimes work is work, but what do I need in order to be regenerated? And what do I need? Like for me yeah. <laughs> tomorrow, I've booked, I'm like, I am going to get my hair blown out. I'm going to get my eyebrows done. My eyebrows like, Honestly, they're almost becoming a brow, like one singular. Um, (laughs) I'm like, that actually for me, I'm like, that makes me feel good. And and I know it is whatever, superficial maybe, but but I think it's about knowing yourself. And yeah, no, girl, you need to sort that eyebrow out. (laughs) There should be two. (laughs) But I think it is, it is about knowing yourself and going, hey, like, that actually, for me, taking Friday afternoon to go and have a bit of a like self-care day, that restores mm-hmm. me, you know. So I think it's it's giving yourself license yes. to go pushing all the time and doing what needs to be done. It, you know, it works for a season, but if we can, when we come up for air, take a moment to go, all right, how do I make it so that there are structures in my business so that I don't experience that stress again or so that I don't have to do that type of work again or you know any of those types of things yeah I definitely get caught in the trap of like 
clout chasing. You know how like it's like, oh, this is the it, you've you've seen like this is the pretense of what your industry looks like and you kind of want to like level up and and be in that pretense you and and that um yes. you know, look I look a particular way look how elite I am or like look how highbrow I am like for me I am a bit of an art <laughs> job so like even when yes. I was at college I only wanted to do painting and drawing because I was like I'm an art purist photography and graphic design are like not art <laughs> that's literally what I thought yeah now I'm, that's what I'm <laughs> and I'm like oh Brooke you had such fixed ideas about things um but yes. yeah like the if we if we get caught in the pretense we're actually not able to engage authentically with our unique flavor of creativity and with our um unique purpose as well like because you know ultimately we're all here to just do what we were put on this earth to do right um mm, and so measuring yeah. ourselves up against other people's perce- perceived um you know, brands or how we perceive everything, like that is always going to suck you dry and and that's actually not going to bring anything new or exciting or dynamic to your business. So the, the best thing that you can do is to go in and just be like really honest with yourself about what you value, what you love, what fills you up even if it even if you judge it like I judged myself like I love when things are beautiful and aesthetic and I looked at myself and I thought you are so vain Brooke you are so vain and I hated (laughs) myself for it but then I'm like wow no I wasn't vain I just had such a small perspective on this gift and and that's kind of what I've been exploring so yeah Away with the pretense. Oh, that's that's what we can say. I love that. I love that. Now, can you tell us a little bit about Red Collective Co? Because I know that you have, you know, because of what you've done in your creative business, I know that you've actually built an incredible creative community and you do retreats, you do incredible things. Can you tell us about Red Collective and and a bit about how it all works? Yes. So yeah, because my heart for teaching is still very much there, I have always thought in my mind, like I would love to get everyday women um, and give them access to these beautiful things that I get to do. Like, I feel like I'm the luckiest person. I get to show up at the most beautiful places and just take it all in. And I'm like, everyday women need this. We need to know that our, our passion and our and our desires are not selfish, you know. They're they're actually yeah. so innate, innate connected to our um, purpose. And so, um, red stands for rest, express, delight. So every aspect of like, if we do a workshop or if we do a retreat, I want to have an element of rest, just like slowing down, being in the present moment, not being in your mind with your children, not being in your mind with your work, not being in your mind with whatever's going on, like just resting in this moment, being really present, express, so creative expression or whether you just need to talk to someone next to you and express yourself in that way, like just really valuing that 
expression is important here and it can look creative, it can look visual, it can look verbal, it can look like your body moving, just expression of some form. And then delight because I think that for me, like when I pushed into my delight, that's actually where I totally found my purpose because, you know, what lights you up, that's actually, I feel like, signaling to you there's something in this like you light up here like let's push into it rather than feeling that shame and that guilt about what lights you up Mm. so just celebrating and doing something that's just beautiful for the sake of beauty um and just trying to curate the experience so it's really intentional and it just fills you up in every sense So Red Collective events, we do um, normally highlight a creative, so uh, an artist in the local area and we get them to share with us or we, on retreats, we do um, a variety of creative things. But yeah, it's all basically focused around rest, expression and delight. And we haven't done one for the last, you know, since COVID, so it has been really sad, but every single time that we've done a workshop or a retreat, the feedback has been so beautiful and so transformative for women that that is the goal really, like just to create space where yes, thoughts can be thought and there's no pressure for that to become something, but just to, yeah, explore and play together. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, when you have a retreat, let me know and I will let all of our community know because I feel like there are a lot of people in this community who would love to come along to your next retreat. You've got one happening later in the year. Is that kind of the plan? Yes. Yeah, we've got one happening later in the year um, and hopefully we've got a few workshops in between there as well. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm kind of – I feel like the Red Collective is – definitely so core to my passion um but you know with COVID a lot of creatives are just like how do I exist in this world how do I make money how do I (laughs) actually make a business and because I've only had a business for the last two years like I literally landed in Australia for for the first time in three years from overseas kind of life and then COVID hit and I was like okay how do I how do I live in Melbourne <laughs> and oh my gosh. run a business in COVID and maintain a relationship with my husband who, you know, and that's why I do a lot of travel between states. Yeah, yeah. We will keep everyone in the loop on the workshops and things because I feel like, yeah, I, I'll definitely let everyone know and I'll share it on my Instagram as well. Brooke, where can people connect with you further? What's your best Instagram handle for people to follow you and say hello? Okay, so you can come and say hi um, on Instagram at Brooke Art Studio or my photography page is Brooke Art Studio Photography. Um, and then on my website, you can also get in contact with me and that's brookeartstudio.com. Incredible. Well, thank you so much, Brooke, for being on the show today and for sharing so much wisdom. I honestly, like, I didn't want to interrupt you because I just love what you were saying so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I know everyone's going to love this episode. Oh, thanks, Laura. Thanks so much for having me.
Isn't she wonderful? I hope that you feel inspired by that conversation and by Brooke's journey. What I love about Brooke is that she has evolved and she's kind of gone wherever she has felt led. And I think that it's a really beautiful reminder for anyone listening. If you feel stuck in a career that you don't love or you feel stuck in a business that you don't love, I hope that you feel encouraged to just go and change it. (laughs) The only one who can change it is you and I hope that you feel inspired to do that. Now, Brooke is very modest, uh, but she is incredible at branding and graphic design. She's also incredible at photography. She does great small business and brand photo shoots and she also has Lightroom presets available. I use those Lightroom presets all the time just for my like iPhone stuff it's awesome they are really good presets so I encourage you to check those out you'll find those in our show notes and also if you follow me on Instagram I will let you know as soon as Brooke announces another retreat or workshop for Red Collective Co because I know that you're going to love those as well so I encourage you to follow Brooke on Instagram and send me a DM and send Brooke a DM and let us know how you found this episode. I always love to hear from you. So please send me a message and let me know what you thought. Let me know if you have anyone else that you want to hear from, any other topics you want us to cover in the podcast. We are all ears. Thank you so much for joining us. I will see you next week, same time, same place. But in the meantime, my wonderful friend, go get them. Go get them.